Good morning. So being thankful often puts us in a position where we start to realize that the things that we have to do, we get to do. So this morning, I get to deliver Rick's sermon. Yesterday, he was not feeling well, and after a long day, he ended the day with a minor surgery and is no longer the owner of an appendix. So uh, I'm thankful to be a part of a church where we can step up and help, be flexible, and use my only qualification is that I'm a good reader, I guess. Uh, so I'm going to be bringing you Rick's uh, sermon today, uh, but of course, prayers with him, and uh, I'm so glad that you're here. We're going to start his word with uh, a video. Well, good morning. <clears throat> so my name is Betsy Robert. Uh, I'm a member here at Zion Covenant. Um, I'm also wife of Jay and mother of a few kids here, but um, I'm a teacher at Jamestown High School as well. So today I'm going to bring you uh, words from Rick Miller, um, but that song apparently uh, is very important to him as it's a nostalgic memory uh, with his family. That's Indian Lake by the Cow Sills, which debuted in 1968. That song triggers a vivid childhood memory, for me, Rick, of my mother driving the five of us boys in a 53 Chevy on our way to my grandparents for Thanksgiving. My dad was working the night shift, so we went up to the afternoon before and stayed overnight. He drove up in the morning on Thanksgiving Day. It was a cool, gray, rainy drive, but our spirits were in no way dampered. Indian Lake played on the radio. <clears throat> as did another song I recall, Winchester Cathedral. Do you know these references? I don't even know these references. <laughs> but I, I'm glad that you do. It's catchy. Yeah, I like it. We sang along. <laughs> we were on our way to Pine Lake, not Indian Lake. <clears throat> but the song echoed things we loved about being at our grandparents. The lake and woods all around fresh air, and the sweet smell of pine. 
The car ride itself is a vivid memory, but so were umpteen Thanksgivings, Christmases, weekends, and summers that we spent at the lake with grandparents, great-grandparents, aunts and uncles and cousins. I wonder if I even knew or appreciated the blessings showered on me in childhood. I'm thankful today for memories. We're on the eve of Thanksgiving, but it doesn't feel like a normal Thanksgiving. Plans have been canceled or changed. Most aren't traveling, and if we obey Governor Cuomo's mandate, family gatherings will be small, if they happen at all. We have much to be thankful for, and you don't need a national holiday and family gatherings to express your gratitude. The scripture this morning is the opening of Psalm 106. It's a reminder of the importance to give thanks. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Who can proclaim the mighty acts of the Lord or fully declare his praise? God is good. His love can't be diminished or depleted. Thanks and praise seem small in comparison to who God is and all he has done, is doing, and yet will do. The rest of the psalm goes on to recount the ways that Israel, following the exodus from Egypt, gave no thought to the miracles, forgot what God did for them, forgot the God who saved them, worshipped a golden calf. They didn't believe the promises of God. They grumbled in their tents. Things went from bad to worse as they gave themselves over to wickedness. And when things got really bad, they cried out to God to save them. And he did. The psalm ends, save us, O Lord, that we may give thanks to your holy name. Ungratefulness and ruin is a common pattern. In Romans, Paul wrote of those who deny what they see and know of God if only from nature and conscience. Paul said, for all the, although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their foolish hearts were darkened. Unmindfulness and ungratefulness has a negative effect on the soul. The exodus from Egypt was the greatest act of deliverance in the Old Testament, and it is eclipsed in the New Testament by the deliverance Christ brought. We have even more to be thankful for than Israel had. The forgiveness of sins, new life, the coming of God's kingdom, grace and mercies that are new to us every day and the promise of good things to come. God graciously provides us in body, mind, and spirit, and yet we can be just as unmindful, forgetful, grumbling, and complaining, and turning away in ways that lead to our own ruin and destruction. In 1 Thessalonians 5, Paul admonishes his readers to be joyful always, pray continually, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You don't have to thank God for trouble, hardship, loss, or trials, but you can find reasons to thank him despite the difficulties. You can trust that he is present and he is at work even in the hard things. Will we thank God in 2020.
Will we thank God in 2020? Despite the challenges that we've all had to endure, can you thank God despite a pandemic that has taken a quarter of a million lives in America alone, despite an economy that will take years to recover, despite a political divide that has strained relationships with friends and family, despite racial tensions and broken systems that continue to rob systems and rob citizens of liberty and justice? Can you thank God in 2020, despite hurricanes, wildfires, and the severe wind that down trees and power lines all over our city? Did you thank God when the lights came back on? When the furnace warmed your home? When you were able to take a warm shower? Can you thank God this week, even if you aren't able to gather with your family? Maybe some of you are thankful God, thanking God you don't have to gather with family. Let's get it real, folks. <laughs> Gratitude keeps us grounded in relationships to God, our maker, provider, and protector. Being thankful and trusting, God's goodness made it possible to struggle for a better world, not out of frustration, resentment, anger, or self-righteousness, but out of care, love, forgiveness, and gratitude. Good things are born of grateful hearts. And often we take for granted the simple things until they are missing. There are surprising stories from the Nazi concentration camps of deep gratitude. Among the lessons of Viktor Frankl learned in Auschwitz was to take time to be thankful and to count his own blessings. He wrote that prisoners in the camp dreamed at night about bread, cakes, and nice warm baths, the things we take for granted every day. Frankl said the prisoners appreciated beauty as never before. And this is what he wrote. If someone had seen our faces on the journey from Auschwitz to a Bavarian camp, as we beheld the mountains of Salzburg, with their summits glowing in the sunset, through the little barred windows of our prison carriage, he would never have believed that those were the faces of men who had given up all hope of life and liberty. Despite that factor, or maybe because of it, we were carried away by nature's beauty, which we had missed for so long. Gerda Weissman was among the prisoners in a Nazi death camp. She recalled one spring when her fellow inmates stood at roll call for hours on end, nearly collapsing with hunger and fatigue. And they noticed in the corner of that bleak, horrid, gray place that the concrete had broken and a flower had poked its head through. And the thousands of women there took great pains to avoid stepping on it. It was the only spot of beauty in their ugly and heinous world, and they were thankful for it. Gerda was later asked how she survived the death camp. She shared the vision that kept her going. A picture of her father smoking his pipe, her mother working at her needlepoint, she and her brother doing their homework. When that vision first came to her, she remembered thinking, my goodness, it's just a boring evening at home. She said, I had known countless evenings just like that. And I knew that this picture would be the driving force of my survival. If prisoners in a Nazi concentration camp could find reasons to be grateful, surely we can.
and be the better for it. Gratitude keeps us grounded in the goodness of God. Think of the simple blessings we've taken for granted until things changed. Going to school, being with friends, gathering without worrying about spreading or contracting a virus, going to church in person, enjoying fellowship, a donut, and coffee. The laughter of children, the buzz of adult conversations, voices unmuted by masks. For some, a job, income, meaningful labor, coworkers. Going out to dinner, having options, not having to take home your dinner in a to-go container, not even imagining the need to conserve or hoard toilet paper. How about being thankful for what is on the grocery shelves rather than complaining about what is not? It seems one of the great problems the Israelites fell into and that we easily also fall into is that we forget. We don't remember. We aren't mindful of our many blessings. Maybe you knew this, but the words thank and think come from the same root, reminding us that thanksgiving comes from thinking about your blessings. Take time to think. Take time to thank. Helen Keller once said, I've often thought it would be a blessing if each human being were stricken blind and deaf for a few days at some time during adult life. It would make one more appreciative of sight and the joys of sound. May there be days when your coffee tastes like magic, your playlist makes you dance, strangers make you smile, and the night touches your soul. May you fall in love with being alive again, and remember, take notice, think, and with great, deep gratitude that grounds you in goodness, offer your thanksgiving to God. Amen. <laughs>